ladies and gentlemen. This is your boy, the man, the myth, the legend himself. I'm hosting this week. It's everybody's favorite neighborhood. Back up, Jack, man. Jimmy Wag, coming at you live from uh, on the way home from work. I'm, I'm, I'm my first day back from vacation, boys. I got, uh, obviously, uh, my step-bro, Billy Bradley. What's up, Billy? What's up, buddy? Uh, are you sunburned? Uh, any uh, take-home and nightmares you had of uh, anything you just want to talk about on the podcast? Uh, no, no sunburn, but I got some delusions of grandeur, unfortunately, after Daytona. <laughs> uh, and then uh, we got everybody's favorite Floppy yellow, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Dado. What's up, Dan? Well, I tell you, Jimmy Wags, there for a little bit, I was uh, I was rooting for the 23. Um, I thought he had a real good chance, and then he had no chance, and then he had a good chance, and then all of a sudden the son of a bitch finished second. And I was sitting in the catbird seat, Billy, with Chase Elliott and Austin Dillon okay. running up there in the top three, and then all of a sudden – I don't think either one of them finished the damn race, and Jimmy Wags coming across two, three. I'm like, how in the heck? I mean, at least you got to see a good race in person. I guess maybe that's why uh, the gods smiled upon you, son. Yeah, fortunately, I wish we were one spot better. But shout out to our brother, Rob Lowe, the Interlotted Gang, and Ryan Newman. Top five finish, baby. Top three. How about that? That was good for them. They needed that. Um, they needed that because I'll be honest with you, and, and this is something, obviously, we haven't had a podcast in uh, in many weeks here before, but, you know, I don't think lame duck is anything that's going to happen over there at that six team. But now these guys, I mean, they, they had a – I would say they're probably not super happy with, with – um, there as a whole performance. I think that's why they got Brad, Kez- Brad Keselowski coming over there. They they need they need they need some changes there at the shop, and it's going to be interesting to see how uh, Butcher, who absolutely was on was a terror at that race. Interesting to see how Ralph Finley racing. Somebody called him a missile. <laughs> yeah, well, I tell you, it was good to see those guys get up there and, and mix it up. And I, I let me ask you, uh, Billy Bradley, if if um. What do you see coming out of the 17 and the 6 here at the end of the – I mean, are they going to improve their positions or are they going to uh, stay right where they're at? How, how do you think they're going to finish, Billy? Uh, I think they're going to stay right where they're at. I hate it for our, our boy Rob Loesch, man. But you know, we, Brad Keselowski may be the shake-up that Roush needs. I mean, we saw just – Last year and the year before, they even brought Matt Kins at the end to help shake down the cars, and it still not helped. So there's something there that maybe Brad Keselowski in that shop full-time is exactly what they need. We saw they can run up front. We saw that all last year. For sure. Uh, well, we're running back, guys. Friday night we had the Xfinity race, and uh, at the 19th lap of the Xfinity race, uh, old Mother Nature down in uh, – uh, Florida decided to rear her ugly head and rain out the first, uh, the rest of the screening race on Friday night. I didn't even see the first 19 laps, guys. I got to the racetrack late, missed the first 19 laps. I get to the track. I sit down on my seat. I crack open the Corona light, and it started raining. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. So I didn't get to see any race on Friday night, and uh, just decided, hey, you know what? I'm not spending all day at the track sweating and just everything else below the belt, as Dale Jr. likes to say, Eric Dado. Um, yeah. So I didn't go back for the Xfinity race, but, man, did we 
see a damn good Xfinity race Saturday afternoon with the three college cars uh, finishing in the top five on Saturday with uh, Justin Haley coming home with the victory. Well, you know, Wags, it was a couple of years ago in that Xfinity race at, at Daytona to start off the season that Justin Haley made a move that absolutely should not even have been able to be done. And that's when I first saw or, or, or found out who Justin Haley was. He was, I think it was like three years ago, maybe maybe four years ago, but he pulled, he made a move there at the end of the race, got my attention. And I tell you, that colleague racing, they kind of come out of, out of nowhere, and I think we all wish them good. You know, we always, you know, we always root for an underdog, but hell, those guys have put some solid runs together a few solid years, and hell, I'm happy to see where they're, where they're running. I think it's great for the sport and good for them. Yeah, and yeah, Billy Collick has won uh, the last, what, three out of the last four Premier Series races. They got three straight wins in Xfinity, uh, and they got a cut win with Dinger at uh, the Indy Road Course. So, uh, what's your thoughts on Collick here, man? Yeah, man, absolutely. You know, uh, I think A.J. Allmendinger coming into that group there last year, early year before last, has uh, absolutely stepped that program up. I was going to say real quick, the strategy at the end of that race, guys, like to have all three guys work together that entire race and all three of them battle it out three wide coming to the line, for the win. I mean, like, Matt Collick as an owner has got to be on foul nine right now. Well, how many years did we see, you know, um, everybody from Mark Martin to Jeff Gordon to Jimmy Johnson to Chase Elliott all leave Junior stranded after he pushed them the whole fucking race? It's nice to see a bunch of guys that want to win together and do it as a group and, um, and, 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 and just get up there and work together. And, I mean, for years, we just knew at some point one of the one of Dale Jr.'s teammates was going to leave him. And I think when you can instill that kind of attitude in your team, well, I mean, obviously, Jimmy just said out the accolades that they've done. When you've got that kind of winning attitude uh, in your organization, it, it translates to the track, and they're sure doing it well. For sure. So, uh, obviously, Kyle uh taking the win with Justin Haley and Xfinity Race Saturday afternoon. Uh, before we get to the coverage, we have some news breakout. Uh, our man, Dado, the outlaw, Kurt Busch, at 2311, yeah. signed a multi-year deal starting in 2022, driving the number 45 Monster Energy Toyota Camry. Uh, I'll go to you first, Billy. What's your thoughts on 2311? The dream team, Bubba Wallace, Kurt Busch. I, I think Bubba Wallace is going to be uh... – Showing how to get that twenty three eleven team in victory lane. I'll say this. I, I will absolutely say this right now. Um, Kurt Bush makes any organization he goes to better. Uh, and, and I think that's what what those, those you know when he went over to uh, uh, you know those guys out in Colorado and he stretched on. Slipped on couches, and he did what it took to get the to get that team on the same page. I mean, as far as everything that a driver can do, and I think you got you know Levine Family Racing. Obviously, you got uh, um, you know a Denny Hamlin knows how to run a shop. Joe Gibbs Racing are, are certainly helping out over there. But you bring a a KG veteran, uh, a champion in there like Kurt Busch. Well, now all of a sudden you've got some serious legitimacy. 
to to your program. And I, I'm looking for. I think this is going to boost Bubba Wallace. I think it's going to make Bubba Wallace better. I think it's going to make everybody in, in that team better. And I, I have, I mean, I, I'm, of course, everybody knows I'm a huge uh, Kurt Busch fan. But I think this is a great move for the entire organization and for Kurt Busch. Because if Kurt Busch can get it done over there in 23-11, then, my goodness, he's he's gotten it done everywhere he's he's gone. And I think that's a hell of a testament to uh, what, kind of, what kind of driver he is. Yeah. I want to say Kurt Busch will be the first guy, if I'm not mistaken, he would be the first guy to win in the last four manufacturers in NASCAR, uh, Toyota, Chevrolet, Dodge, and Ford. (laughs) Yeah, um, that's pretty impressive. I'm excited to have him. Obviously, he's going to bring that championship pedigree and really give Bubba something he hasn't had his entire career, and that's really a a teammate. I mean, he's pretty much been on his own. Uh, for the most part, throughout his career, um, you know, he had some teammates in JVR equipment, uh, but not necessarily, you know, in trucks. And uh, Xfinity, he was on the – and then in Cup, you know, obviously being with Richard Petty Motorsports, he finally got himself a teammate where they can bounce some ideas off of and really help elevate the performance at 2311. So I'm excited about that. The second part of that, that breaking news with Kirk coming to 2311, guys, we got uh, we got the announcement of the number placement moving forward uh, on the car for 2022. Uh, did you guys see the picture of the car? What's your thoughts on the number placement? What you got, Dan? Um, Jimmy, I think I did see the picture of the car. They moved it. Um, where? Remind me where it is, though, please. Uh, it, it is located closest to the fender. Uh, front yeah. Fender. Um, so yeah. uh, uh, even it starts with, uh, like well before the A post on the car. So I mean, like right has the fender and uh, where the like I'll put it to you like this: I, I couldn't care less about the the fucking number. I just don't care about the number. I just, um, I mean, numbers are are good and all that kind of stuff. But when Dale Jr. went from the 8 to the 88, I, I couldn't care less after a number. That killed me. I did not want to go to the 88. I wanted him to stay the 8. And I, after that, I really haven't put any stock into the number, what number anybody is, or where the hell is it on the car. I think, I, to me, I think whatever the sponsors like, if that's going to help us get more sponsors in there, get more money in it, then I, I'm for that. But I, I, I liked it anywhere they put it, to be honest with you. I liked it moving all the way back. I liked it move in the front. I just, But, you know, you're also talking to the guy who thinks that every night race, the car should have uh, color lights underneath them. So <laughs> take that into consideration. <laughs> now, Seth, bro, they done made more room for activities now on the side of that, uh, that door panel and the rear panel now. What's your thoughts on uh, the number moving forward? Yeah, I'm kind of like Dan. Since we don't have no longer have a well, we do have an eight, but we don't have Dale Jr. in an eight car. I, as long as they're not messing with it or shrinking it any smaller, because you know that's how you you recognize the driver. It's not because they got different sponsors every fucking week. It's the number. I mean, Bubba Wallace, 23. I mean, he'll drive DoorDash, uh, Uber, or what the fuck ever he wants to drive. Yeah. I, I'm gonna steal a dataism. I think it looks like shit, <laughs> but hey, look. I think they, I think they should move it. I think it should be lining up with the, the A post for you guys that don't know where the A post is on the car. It's the first bar 
that uh, connects the fender uh, to the, the roof. So um, I think if you place it right there, I think the placement of it is really good. There's some tons of things out on Twitter and Instagram, some graphic, some really great graphic designers that did some really good stuff with having the numbers start at the A post. If, if they can agree with that, hey, I'm cool with it. But you know what? I'm with you boys to hell with it, man. It is what it is. I want to see the racing. I can give two shits about where the number is. It could be upside down backwards like Bubba Wilds had at Michigan. Um, well, I goddamn care. As long as the race hey, is good, you know what, who gives the hell about numbers? Hey, Jimmy, that, um, you know, Kurt Busch, he, he showed the 45 with the number in the, in the right spot, correct? Yeah, so the number was, the number okay. is where NASCAR says uh, it's yeah. going to be pull, pushed forward, but that's not a final rendering of where it's going to okay. be. Well, on, on his 45, the thing, the thing that struck me the most when I, when I first saw it is it, it reminded me, of a of a late model like like I like I said a late model track, um, yeah. you know because some of those guys have like triple digit numbers and shit like that, and it reminded me kind of like some old school, uh, some 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 old school dirt track racing, and uh, and stuff like that. So I didn't hate it, and I think it gives there definitely is more room for activity. But I think next year, uh, what I'm afraid of is we ain't gonna talk about that fucking number. We're gonna talk about how shitty this car is. I, I think that's what we're gonna worry about next year. But um, hopefully, I'm wrong. We'll see what happens. Yeah. And uh, with that being said, about the next gen car, they're supposed to hold a test at Daytona this coming. Uh, I believe it's Tuesday, Wednesday. It's closed to the public, but. It's supposed to be about eight guys that are going to be testing uh, the car at Daytona. So hopefully we'll get some video and see how they draft in the pack, and we'll go from there. And we'll, we'll go right into it, guys. It was do or die. We talked about it last week on the pod. Uh, the Daytona cutoff race, the Coke Zero Sugar Zero 400. I'm sure I butchered that wrong, but whatever. It is what it is. But uh, I thought we saw a hell of a race, guys. I mean, it was intense. The stands were packed. People were excited. The flash bulbs going off everywhere to start that thing. And uh, it was great racing from start to finish. Uh, what was your thoughts, Billy, uh, on, on the uh, the cutoff race here at Daytona? It was exactly like I figured it would be. I didn't figure we'd see a lot of stage racing for points because it was a win-or-go-home win situation for several of the drivers, you know, but them last 20 laps, I mean, it could not have set up any better with the caution coming out. I thought, oh, fuck, here we go. And it lived yeah. out exactly how I would be. Yeah. Now, uh, Baby Jesus, Chase Elliott, uh, wound up winning stage one. Uh, your stage two winner was Joey Logano. And like you said, Billy, stage points really didn't give us – nobody really cared about much about stage points. They didn't race. Too, like too crazy at the end of the stages, uh, but that third stage, guys. I mean, we had we had absolute just save after save, block after block, and unfortunately, uh, with a little bit about twenty to go, Dado uh, Chase Elliott triggers the big one uh, coming off of turn four, throwing the block on everybody's the people's champ, Matt Benedetto, uh, basically killing his chances of getting into the playoffs. Uh, what was your thoughts on Chase Elliott? throwing that block and causing the big one. Well, I think, you know, at, at, you, you described it perfectly. Stage one and stage two were exciting, but we all knew that everybody wanted to be there at the end. Stage three was just 
I mean, I, literally, it was crazy. And I, I think if you're Chase Elliott, what we've come to find out here is that if you don't have big help at the front, you're you're kind of at a at a disadvantage. He had to throw the block somewhere. It doesn't matter if he went in front, uh, you know, up up top, or if he threw the block down low. When you don't have any help, that I mean, you're kind of a sitting duck. And I yeah. kind of like it, except when it's my driver. I, I you know, um, when he was up there and he didn't have any help with that far to go, I was like, shit. There's no way. I mean, just a lot of things are going to have to happen for him to keep the lead like this. And but I think that's what we've come to grow and like about you know the difference between Daytona and Talladega. And, and I'll tell you something else about about this about this last stage. The amount of saves that I mean, half a shit, a dozen drivers made literally saves that could have caused the big one yeah. before the big one happened. And I was yeah. wildly impressed with how aggressive, but yet how much everybody also, when they saw somebody get squirrely, you could see everybody kind of, you know, hey, let's not fuck this up, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, I, and I thought that was probably one of the, one of the better yeah. parts of the, uh, of the last stage. Um, and obviously, with the rules package changing after Joey Logano complained about getting upside down at Dega, uh, they wind up taking, I think, another 50 to 75 horsepower out of the cars. Uh, yeah. You know, Billy, did, could you tell the difference? Like, it, where God, like the runs definitely weren't as big. I thought uh, guys were still blocking, but uh, you know, I, I just didn't, I didn't see the the crazy runs that we would typically see in the package we ran earlier this year and last year. What What do you think? Yeah, I would agree. You could not see the runs coming. And also, if they're going to take that much more, just go ahead and take another 100 horsepower and bring back the uh, bump drafting. The tandem? The, uh, the tandem draft. Uh, I, I, I would have to disagree on that. I absolutely love pack racing. And I think, you know, the big wrecks are obviously a product of guys being aggressive and not wanting to give up position to be there at the end, you know. So, I think, uh, you know, obviously this is one of the best races we had all season long. Um, and guys, you know, guys were desperate. We had guys like Corey LaJoy, uh, Chris Busher, Bubba Wallace. Now, let, let, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but let's talk about Bubba, okay? Because my, my, my damn pockets, I feel like they're about to be getting a little light here in the next few weeks. We only got 10 races left for him to get a win. And I damn near called. I, I called. I came up one goddamn spot short, goddamn it. But um, <laughs> hey, look. I, I, one thing I'll, I'll bring up about Bubba, he was aggressive. Uh, he was there when he needed to be there. And uh, unfortunately, just told you all the teammates uh, that oh, did not give him a lot of help. Uh, Kyle Busch left him out, hung out to dry on a pit sequence. He was leading. Uh, he goes down to the bottom lane, to thinking that hey, we're about to get ready to pit and. The other three Toyotas go right by him. Uh, the second-to-last restart, Billy, uh, Denny Hamlin restarting right behind him and dumps him for the middle lane and leaves him hanging. Like, does Bubba Wallace have a, a gripe about his Toyota teammates not giving him a lot of help? <laughs> Did you say Denny well, Hamlin? I, 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 let, let, let me put it to you like this. I'll go ahead, Dan. Yep. Yeah, let, let me put it to you like this. Um, it's not a great week for Denny Hamlin and his relationships. Um, <laughs> whether it be his, uh, whether it be his, his Toyota, uh, fellow Toyota relationships, 
or his personal relationships, Denny Hamlin's got some explaining to do, and I, and I thought he did Bubba Dirt, and and I thought that that was. I, I literally can't understand. I mean, today it still doesn't make any sense. It's been four to five days. It makes no sense whatsoever why he would do that. And uh, and, and honestly, I think it cost. I think it cost all of those guys uh, the Toyota camp. I think it cost them a bunch of a bunch of spots, a bunch of timing. And 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 they're not usually like that. Usually, those are the ones that are them and the Fords are, are usually way better than Chevy. And I think they were the worst of the of the pit sequence and the working together this part around. Yeah, for, Danny, for Danny, just to call Bubba out on the last restrictor plate is kind of, you know, I'm not a, a Bubba Wallace fan, but Danny, Danny called him out the last restrictor plate race, and then Danny does this. I mean, yeah, that's just bullshit. Yeah. And, I, you know, hey, look, he, he came back in the last restart. Uh, he was ten. He had the last big one on the back straightaway. Um, obviously, we had Busher and Blaney leading them back to green on a green white checker. And uh, you know, Corey LaJoy is going to kick himself in the nuts, guys, because Corey LaJoy coming to the white flag had the run to take the lead. He decides to push Ryan Blaney down the front straightaway into turn one. Kevin Harvick gets a run on him, gets under him. Uh, and then here comes Daniel Suarez and Kurt Busch down the back straightaway. Uh, Kurt winds up hooking Suarez into Harvard, causes the big one. Uh, Busher gets through. Bubba gets through. Uh, our boy Rob Lowe's and Ryan Newman, uh, they get through it. Uh, Caution comes out, and uh, YRB, young Ryan, uh, Ryan Blaney, comes home with the victory in the, uh, the Coke Zero Sugar 400. Uh, Ryan Blaney, guys has absolutely become a uh, plate monster, man. He, I want to say uh, three of his – well, four of his five wins or six wins are on plate track. He seems to be uh, winning a plate race at least once a year for the last couple of years. Uh, Billy, your thoughts on uh, Ryan Blaney bringing home the victory at Daytona? Yeah, it was more like a, a survive and be there at the end. But like you said, Blaney has – come along in the last few races and kind of getting hot at the right time. No better time right now. Yeah, and he, he's, he's won two races back-to-back, uh, Dado. He won at Michigan the week before last, and, and he's won at Daytona this past Saturday night. So, Ryan Blaine's got all the momentum heading into the playoffs to start at Darlington, huh? And definitely, I agree with you, Billy. Do you think Ryan Blaney uh, has all the momentum here heading into the playoffs? He's won the last two races. Uh, he won Michigan. Obviously, he won Daytona Saturday night. He's got three victories on the season. And if you recall last year, Billy, Ryan Blaney got knocked out in the first round in the playoffs. What do you think Ryan Blaney's chances are now that he's won back-to-back races, has all the momentum? you think he makes it through the first round in the playoffs this year? Yeah, I think he makes it to the first round. Uh, but, you know, momentum in this sport is key. We saw that, especially right now. But... I, I don't think he makes it much farther past the second, third round. I got you. All right. Um, with that being said, obviously with Ryan Blaney winning the race Saturday night, uh, Tyler Reddick, let's talk about Tyler Reddick real quick because Tyler Reddick had to be the dumbest sun gun out there on the track 
Uh, he all he had to do was what finish 18 spots in front of uh, Austin Dillon uh, <laughs> to, to secure the last spot. Tyler Reddick wound up getting the big one, uh, and and damn near pushing his radiator and Billy, and uh, almost loses his spot in the playoffs to Austin Dillon. Uh, how lucky was Tyler Reddick to get through that to, to clinch the last playoff spot? I was like, well, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Is he going to try to go for the win? When real, in all reality, he could have finished thirtieth and yeah. still would have made the playoffs. But I mean, I guess give it to him that he wasn't okay with that. He wasn't laying around. He was going to the front. Yeah, and uh, hey, look, Tyler Reddick. He's a great race car driver. He is a threat to win a dog, and he loves running the high side right up against the wall, and. Uh, Hey, look, you know, he, he did his thing this season. How pissed off do you think, Billy, that Richard Childress was that his own damn grandson didn't get into the playoffs? Austin Dillon misses the playoffs. And then Tyler Reddick, his second car, winds up beating him out. How pissed do you think old Richard Childress was? I'm sure there was uh, – I mean, of course he's happy one of his teammates' team run it to made it through, but – you know, deep down, there's some concern about that, that, you know, Tyler Reddick made it and here Austin Bill is out. But Reddick is a hell of a racer, man. Yeah. Um, just, uh, you, you know, I, it, it was disappointing in my eyes. To, obviously, Ryan Blaney winning the race. I was looking forward to seeing a guy that had to race his way in to win. Uh, but all in all, Saturday night was awesome. Uh, I kind of sat after the race was over. I sat there with my dad, Billy, and I just was disappointed. You know, I came there to win a race. I was hoping Bubba was going to win, and uh, unfortunately, it wasn't in the cards. You know, I absolutely love the cutoff race here uh, at the end of the regular season, and uh, you know, how, how can we not talk about uh, Kyle Larson, regular champ? He winds up running down Denny Hamlin. Um, 13 weeks uh, prior to him taking the points lead a couple weeks ago, Denny Hamlin had over a 150-point lead in the regular season standings, and Kyle Larson runs him down and claims the 15 uh, playoff points that come with uh, the regular season championship. Is Kyle Larson your favorite ability to uh, to take the uh, the title here as we go into the playoffs? No, I mean, yeah, he's my favorite, but we also saw Kevin Harvick dominate a regular season just last year, and didn't win the championship. So I think it's safe to say that as much as we want to say he's a favorite, he's not he's guaranteed to the finals pretty much, but he's not guaranteed to win the championship. And we said the same thing about Kevin Harvey last year, and he did exactly. not win the finals. So. Uh, I'll give you the play uh, the uh, playoff rundown, Billy. you got Kyle Larson, number one seed, uh, with five wins. Ryan Blaney, number two seed, with three. Martin Truex Jr., third with three wins, Kyle Busch, fourth with two wins, Chase Elliott, fifth with two wins, Alex Bowman is sixth with three wins, uh, Denny Hamlin is your seventh seed, uh, he had, uh, had zero wins uh, this season, zero so far in the regular season. Uh, number eight was William Byron with a win, Joe Logano with one win, the number nine seed, number ten was Brad Keselowski with one win, uh, Kurt Busch, 11th, Christopher Bell, 12th, Michael McDowell, your Daytona 500 champion, was 13th, 14th was Eric Almarola, 15th, Tyler Reddick, and your number going to go Kevin Harvey.
Wow. Uh, I ask you now, Billy. Uh, we, our first three races in the playoffs, Darlington, Richmond, Bristol. Uh, who's your first four out out of the 16? Who you got, man? Who's the first four out of the playoffs, you think? Well, I think McDowell is out for sure. Uh, give okay. me just a second. Uh, I'll, you cut out on me. I've got it pulling up to see exactly who I've got, who we got in. I think McDowell's out. I think Reddick is out. Okay, that's two. Give me two more. And I think Christopher Bell is out, and I think Eric Amarola will be out. Okay, I I, I agree with you on those four there, man. Uh, Christopher Bell, uh, Michael McDowell, Eric Almarola, and Tyler Reddick, I also agree, are going to be uh, your first four out. Uh, and uh, it should be an exciting start to the playoffs. Uh, and now we'll, we'll go to the pick em. As mu- As much as I'm disappointed in the fact that Bo Wallace finishes second after Christopher uh, Busher, <laughs> or Chris Busher gets DQ'd, uh, Bubba finishes second, coming up one spot short for the victory. Uh, he even called out Ryan Blaney and said, check that 12, they might be suspect. But Ryan Blaney cleared inspection. Uh, your boy, Jimmy Way, takes home the victory uh, in the pick'em segment uh, with Bubba Wallace. I, hell, Billy, I would have even won with my dark horse, Ryan Newman. Ryan Newman finishes third. Yeah, you had it covered second and third, or third and fourth without the DQ. There was no uh, nobody even close. So uh, I'll uh, I'll pick last. Um, Dan had to jump off. He had a important business meeting to attend to. So uh, Billy, uh, tell us who Dan picked for his winner and his dark horse. Uh, he took Dan took Chase Elliott and then Kevin Harvick, which I, right. I was going to take Harvick. But okay, so it's this. I'll go with Kyle Larson. And I will take Austin Dillon. Austin Dillon. Okay. So, uh, all right, let's recap that. You got Dan taking uh, Chase Elliott as his winner and Kevin Harvick as his dark horse. Uh, You got Kyle Larson as your winner for the Southern 500 and Austin Dillon, who finished, I believe he finished second last year, Billy, in the Southern 500, uh, to Kevin Harvick. All right. Um, I'm going to take a guy. He's been awfully quiet here the last few weeks, but he has run damn good at uh, Darlington. I'm going to take Martin Truex Jr. as uh, as my winner in the Southern 500. And uh, let's see, Dark Horse, this guy, um, he's been running really good as of late. He missed out on the playoffs. Super aggressive in that race uh, at Daytona. Uh I'm gonna go Ross Chastain, man. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give Ross Chastain some love and uh, see if he can pull it off as a dark horse in the Southern 500. That's good, so, yep. So uh, for Dado, Billy, guys, this is uh, Jimmy Way. I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Let's go to Darlington, Billy. Let's throw it back a little bit, even though this ain't so back race, but it's a Southern 500 Labor Day weekend, Billy. What do you say? Yeah, we gonna uh, we gonna call it the throwback weekend. Let's raise some hell. Yes, sir. Well, I'm dropping the hammer. This your boy Jimmy Wags. We'll catch you guys next time.